Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Log Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Patrick D. McCoy, and welcome to Across the Arts, the Rise and Shine edition. Rise, shine, give God glory. Rise, shine, give God glory. Rise, shine, give God glory. Glory to his name. Rise and shine, it's coffee time. I hope that you all can see me. I, let me know if you can see me. Give me some hearts because this is a new format for me. A welcome to a combination of Rise and Shine, it's coffee time with Across the Arts with Patrick D. McCoy. Rise and shine. I'm going to go through my list here. And this is a new platform for me. Sorry, you all. I'm trying to manage these headphones and so forth. Can you all hear me okay? Give me some hearts if you all can hear me okay. This is my, really my first time trying to combine all this together. So I want to say good morning. Thank you, Deidre. Hey, Timothy. Hey, Reginald. Hey, Dion. Hey, Janet. Hey, Maureen. Hey, Keith. Hey, Vincent. Okay, you all. So you all bear with me. I'm just trying to get the hang of having all this uh, technology working at what. So you all, I want this to be an interactive experience for us, and I posed some questions for you all. If you all feel so led, I have I posted the, the telephone number uh, in my post so that you could call in and uh, dialogue with me about the questions uh, that I pose about the arts. First of all, I hope that you all are doing well, you're staying healthy during this pandemic, and I want to jump in and get right to it. Hey, Dr. Tiffany. Hey, Dave. Oh, thank you, Ms. Janet, because you know, this is a, as you know, this is a lot going on when you are trying <clears throat> to do all of these various technologies at the same time. And, uh, and let me give you some uh, rules of engagement. If you're going to uh, come on and you want to call into the show to dialogue on the show, please... Um, Please let me know in the comments so I can know exactly who you are and so I can give you uh, that acknowledgement when I bring you on. I see we have one call in. So first of all, I want to ask everyone, whether it's the arts, whether it's um, any other uh, professional vocation, I want to know this morning, do you think there should be mandatory COVID-19 testing before people are allowed to go back to their respective places of, of employment, whether you're in uh, the performing arts, whatever your field is. I want to talk about that uh, now. So I do see we have a caller on the line, and I'm going to uh, acknowledge um, this call so we can have a dialogue about it. Let's see. 
you all bear with me. This is my first time troubleshooting uh, this, um, all of these things going on at the same time. Good morning, caller. Welcome to Across the Yards. Rise and shine. You're on the line. Who's speaking? Hi, this is Deidre. Can you hear me? Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Good morning, Deidre. Everybody, this is Deidre Robinson right here in D.C. Deidre, how do you feel about the whole um, idea that I brought up? Should people be tested before they enter back into the workplace? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, my gosh. That's a very interesting question, and I'm sure that's on most people's minds um, because of the information that we've been receiving in the news and the, the accuracy, the inaccuracy, and the misinformation. I think that question is going to be on a lot of people's minds. Um, my personal preference is I fear going back to work as well um, because you it's no way to tell unless a person is tested who has been impacted by it. So it's likely that some of the businesses are discussing that now, even in the arts as well. Uh, people coming back up to be in the audience as well, they may have some anxiety with, with sitting next to people. So they may explore seating that's six feet apart. So um, to answer your question, I think it's going to be a concern or is a concern now of most people. And I think that this dialogue is going to help in contributing to, to, you know, to the discussion worldwide. But, yes, I think it should be mandatory personally um, because the fear of people coming back to work not knowing who has been impacted. Oh, Deirdre, I think we're having a, a technical difficulty. Let's hold on a second. We need to we need to troubleshoot. For some reason, they're not hearing you. Uh, uh -huh. That's why we do this in advance. We're, we're, we're going to figure this out together. Thank you all. <clears throat> Can you hear me now? Can they hear me now? Yeah, we can. I, 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 it's not, it's not on your end. It's it's something going on on my end. Let's see. I see. Deirdre, can you do me a, a favor and try to call in to the actual number? Oh, you already did. I, I wonder did. why we I, can't I, hear I, you. I did. I called yes. into the actual number and I went into the Facebook page, but now I just went out of the Facebook page. Um, so maybe they can hear me now if I'm not in the page. Yeah, let, let me see. Yeah, see, thank you all for your patience. See, this is why you, you troubleshoot these things uh, before you, you do them. So let's see, can we, um, hmm. Now, now I thank you, I MJ. So proud of you. Thank you for bearing with me, everybody. I'm trying to put all this stuff together. Deirdre, can you say something again? Yes. Can you hear me now? Let me see. Uh, <coughs> thank you for bearing with me, everybody. I'm oh, that's the playback. That's not going to work. Uh, let's see. Can somebody Maybe help trouble people? Yeah, I'm trying to. I was figuring that this would have come. I'm try and dial in again, so I'll hang up, and you can just keep okay. talking to your audience right. on Facebook. Thank you. All right, so forgive me, everybody. So we try. I'm trying to combine this whole concept. Oh, I think I may see. You all forgive me. I'm tr I'm trying to troubleshoot here. Uh, 
you all, I'm trying to figure this out. Um, let's see. At any rate, y'all, you all be patient with me. We're going to figure this out. Oh, I think. But at any rate, the question was that I asked, do you think that there should be mandatory testing uh, for people once they go back into their places of employment, especially those um, people who are in the performance? arts? Brother Lake, I'm not sure. Um, I was trying to get of uh, the caller, and in, in this instance with Deidre Robinson to call when she called in so you all could hear the call, and I had her call through the platform, but for some reason it is not um, allowing her to speak that you can hear her. Let's try it again. Me now? Hi, Deirdre. Can you speak again and let's see what it pick up? Hi, can you hear me now? Now, that time, I'm not hearing it at all. Can you hear me now? You all bear with me. Thank you. We're, we're going to, that's why we do these troubleshoots. Can you hear me now? Hello? Hello, hello, hello. Hear me? Hello? Hmm. Hello? Thank you all for this show. We're, we're going to get this thing together. Hello, Deirdre? I'm there. Can you hear me? Unmute here from the No, but see, I have her. Oh, I did. I did unmute. I unmuted in Zoom. <clears throat> Let's try it again. So Zoom is unmuted. Oh, yeah. Dear, you can hear me, but I can't hear you. And the callers and, and the people on Facebook can't hear. Oh, let's see. Um, thank you all for bearing with me. This is exactly why we do these these tests. Okay, it says you're live. Um, hmm. Yes, I already unmuted in, in Zoom. I'm not sure why this is not working. Yeah, she's... She's unmute. Well, she's not in Zoom. She's, she's. I called her. She called it to the actual pod, podcast platform. So, do I need to open up another window? Um. Okay, y'all. Thank you all for bearing with me. So this is why. So anyway, while we're trying to troubleshoot this, be thinking about that. Even put it in the comments. So. What are your thoughts about um, about um, mandatory COVID nineteen testing? Uh, I wonder, could I, if I share the screen, would that work? Okay, so it's the problem. Now we have to figure out how to fix it. Try. Yeah, but if I Zoom her, I'm not sure if it's going to be recorded in the uh, podcast. We can try that. Let's see. Um, let's do that. So, Deirdre, if I send you a link, can you try to come on to the Zoom? Oh, there you go. Um, it's kind of hard for me to text. 
Oh, try the screen sharing, Janet. Okay, let's see. Um, maybe that'll work. Let's try it. So you all, thank you. <clears throat> then share the computer audio. Okay, so I'm sharing. Share screen. Do I share the blog talk? I don't want you all to see the the um actual blog talk. Well, I could. No, yeah, I don't need you to see that. Um, Can you still hear me? I'm on the phone. You know what? We'll we'll work this out. What I will do is. Can you still hear me? I'm on the phone. Send the link. Let's see. You all, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This is, see, this is why you do these things. You do a practice. The re, my motivation for doing this uh, is because if all goes well, I will have a new guest on the Opera Diva series. So let me do this. And this is why we troubleshoot. But while we're doing this, I want you all to be thinking about. Um, so, Deirdre, I'm going to hang up with you on the podcast line. And let's see. There we go. All right. So I'm going to do this. All right. All right, so I've lost my audience. I'm so sad, but thank you all for being with me uh, in in this this troubleshooting uh, stage. <laughs> We're gonna get together. I'm glad this is happening now, as opposed to this happening um, <clears throat> when I'm on the interview or next week. So the Opera Diva series. Hopefully, if everything works out will return on next week with a very special guest. And my goal, my goal is to do it video in combination with my podcast. So I'll have to do this again when I've taken a little bit more time to figure out all the troubleshoot. But anyway, while we get it all together, I want to know what are your thoughts? about the mandatory testing once we open everything up. We're going to be in these choirs. We're going to be in these orchestras. We're going to be on these opera stages in close proximity with other people. And so, therefore, I want to know um, what are your thoughts? Um, You know, should there be mandatory testing? Are we putting people uh, at risk? What are your thoughts on that? Okay, and so I sent Deirdre the link, and so while we're waiting uh, for Deirdre to come on, um, we can chat it up. And let me turn this screen back on, so we'll do it through Zoom. So I'm not I'm I'm not sure how this is going to translate onto the the blog talk radio. Uh, format, but I hope that it does. I'm praying. 
It says that my microphone is working. We'll figure it all out. But listen, these, again, I'm sorry that we had to go rambling all around uh, Robert's barn to that. Yes, Janice, see, that's the thing I'm, I'm, I'm wondering right there. Are there going to be enough tests? I mean, but if you think about it, uh, for those of us who work directly with, uh, especially vocalists, where this is like a, a, a something that's in your lungs, and you've seen all these different stories where people are singing and the little microbes are suspended in the air, and so somebody's in that space, you know, they still could possibly get that, even though you probably have left the space, but that is still in the atmosphere, you know, so it's a lot to consider. Hey, Miss Marvette, you know, so I'm thinking, you know, whether it's the perform arts, whatever it is, you know, if you have been COVID-19 negative this whole time, and then, and then you, you know, go get tested, you confirm that you are negative, then you go into a setting, again, where people don't know their COVID-19 status, then what does that mean in terms of the risk that you might be infected? So you all must check and see what's going on with uh, Zoom. See if we got a guest. Let's see. Yeah. And then the whole idea, thank you, Janet, like for masks. I mean, that would be interesting. That might be a whole uh, different conversation, too. So when you go back in, when they open these performing arts venues, when they open these <clears throat> different settings, will, you know, masks be a part of that, what it looks like? Hey, Greg, good morning. Rise and shine. And so let me see, let's see, let's see. Yes, and Dr. William Lake has said the big problem right now is that we don't have enough tests, right? Janet said that too. The test wouldn't be, let's see, be one and done, a one and done situation. We would need to test several times a year, maybe three to four. I personally believe that we can't return to normal until we have a vaccine. It's too dangerous and too many things are at risk. That is so true. It's a ask, let's see. Sorry, you all, this is why, you know, I need a producer because I'm, I'm producing, <laughs> I'm producing trying to, to get it all straight. So that's why I'm shooting right now. Just bear with me. But yeah, William just just uh, offered some wonderful points. And Janet, Greg, good morning. What do you think about it? Do you think there should be mandatory uh, testing before people go back into um, their respective professional um, pursuits? Thank you, Greg. I'm trying to get it all together. I'm, I'm having some, some technical difficulties. Um, I'm trying to, to pull it all together, but I'm glad this is happening now and not happening next week when I'm in the middle of a major interview. So this is, uh, this is the training ground. Uh, let's see. I wish it was a, just a quick way. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put the link itself on in the message. 
So, Deirdre, I'm going to put this link in there and see can you and other people join me in this way. Hey, Michael Coyote. So let's try. Let's see. Let's see. So that's the main topic for discussion. Again, thank you all for bearing with me with this uh, this endeavor. You know, I'm trying to get this uh, technology together, and it's just it's just really cutting up for me. So that's why I'm glad I am doing this test because next week I have a special guest coming on, and I hope to be able to combine it all together with. Uh, Maybe this might work now. Oh, it's already on there. Internal. <laughs> Y'all, I'm trying to figure this thing out. I just, this is something. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I am going to put the link in the chat. And if there's someone who wants to come in, Deirdre, use this too if you can. Hopefully, let's try it this way. Um, Y'all, let's try it this way. I'm going to put it in the comments. This is the link. Uh, We don't need all this stuff. Thank you all for bearing with me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you all so much. Good morning, Lester. How are you? All right, so you guys, I'm going to put the Zoom address and meeting number in the comments. And if you wish to get on with me in Zoom, thank you, Dr. Lake. Um, I'm going to put this in the chat. So if you want to come on, I can screen you through the Zoom. But I was hoping that the the, uh, Blog Talk Radio would be able to uh, pick it up. So anyway, here's the link. Please join me if you feel led. You should be able to just come on, and I could be able to screen. So I'm praying that we can do this this way. So it's up for grabs. I'll have a waiting room. I have a waiting room on here. You should be able to click that link and join. So Greg says, absolutely, I do. I never expect the U.S.'s second wave. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me reread that. Absolutely, I do. I never expected the U.S.'s second wave next fall. I suspected it as soon as they began lifting social distance restrictions. Like now, I feel it's right around the corner. Sorry to see, seem pessimistic. That's that's real. You know, because I'm thinking about it, when you go into these different settings, you you could be, like I said, you could be clean as a whistle, not have been sick, not have been um, even uh, affected by COVID-19, and then you go into a setting, and people are coming into this setting again, and um, they don't know their COVID-19 status. So what does that mean? You're you're involved in, in concert settings with other singers who don't know, you're just happy to be back, you know, performing in those venues, but everybody is not clear about their um, 
their help in that regard. So that is something definitely uh, to consider. Um, and I see someone is waiting on Zoom. Could you please identify, identify yourself and then we will will proceed that way. Let's see. Hey, hey, Wood. Hey, Lashonda. Hey, Christine. Congratulations on everything. Okay, so I believe this is Deirdre I'm about to add. And hopefully you all can hear. You all let me know once I bring her on. Let's see. Good morning, Deirdre. Can you guys hear me? Ah, can you all hear Deirdre now? Can you all hear Deirdre now? Deirdre, speak again, please. Good morning. This is Deirdre. Can you hear me? Okay. Can you all hear Deirdre? Oh, good, 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 good. Lester says he can hear you. So, Brother Lake, I'm going to bring you on as well in just a second. But Deirdre, good morning, good morning. So, Deirdre, I asked you the question earlier in the midst of my technical difficulties. Thank you so much for your patience, my goodness. Uh, listen, so, Deirdre, could you please uh, answer the question again for me that I posed so that people could hear your response, which was so eloquent. Thank you so much. Again, so as it pertains to entering back into uh, the workforce via the performing arts or whatever you're given professional setting, do you think there should be mandatory COVID-19 testing and why? Yes, I think that question you posed is a very good one and it's on the minds of many people. Um, it's creating a lot of anxiety across the world. And I believe that, you know, even for myself going back to work, that uh, it's going to be a little bit anxiety for me if there isn't mandatory testing because you don't know who is impacted. So I would say personally that uh, that, that discussion, you know, this discussion is going to be key moving forward. And I'm sure that a lot of companies and industries and businesses as well as the arts uh, organizations are having this dialogue as well as to how we move forward because in the concert space, people may have anxiety about uh, the six, you know, would it be chairs and spacing for seating and things like that. Um, it's going to be a hard question to answer, but I think moving forward to alleviate, to alleviate some of the anxiety, I think it may be wise to consider having that mandatory testing so that you can release the anxiety of going back to work or going to concerts in person, et cetera. Oh, my goodness. And for those who may be uh, unfamiliar with Deirdre Robson, Deirdre is a composer, musician, living here in Washington. And so uh, maybe from the even the musician standpoint, Deirdre, how has uh, COVID-19 impacted you as far as your livelihood in the arts? Uh, well, I wasn't being paid, you know, by my gift um, in the arts except for some of the published music that I have. Mm -hmm. um, but I can certainly sympathize. I, I sing with the Coral Arts Society of Washington, D.C., so that's impacted our rehearsal and performance schedule. Um, although we've been meeting and re rehearsing by Zoom uh, because we have our season to open in the fall, prayerfully, but um, so it hasn't impacted me financially. But just being away from people in the arts, you know, it's been a different experience for me. 
Thank you so much. I'm going to bring another colleague on to join us, if you don't mind. I want to bring my dear frat brother, Dr. William L. Lake on, who is uh, in the arena of academia. And so I'm going to bring him on, uh, everybody. And you all be thinking about your questions. If you want to join in, uh, click the link in the comment section, and I'll be glad to entertain. Just, just so you know, when you do join in the Zoom, you'll be in the waiting room. And put your name up so I can know exactly who you are so we can make sure that our uh, Zoom environment is a safe one. So I'm going to bring uh, Brother Lake on, Dr. William L. Lake. And so he's coming on. But you all be thinking about your, your question. Thank you so much, Deirdre. And I would love for you to stay on and dialogue with us. Uh, if you would, you all, this is this is a much needed conversation. I know it took a lot of time for us to um, to get to this 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 period of being able to hear and so forth. And I think I saw um, Nicole Heaston Lane on. Good morning, good morning. If you all don't know Nicole Heaston Lane, make sure um, that you go um, and check her out. Let's see, Christine. Good morning. LaShonda, good morning, good morning, good morning. So beyond the people in the arts, um, hey, Maestro Daniel Romaine, good morning, good morning, good morning. Daniel, you would be a great person to come on to this Zoom. All right, so for those who are just, just getting getting in and, and so forth, just to let you know again, the question is, do you think there should be mandatory uh, COVID-19 testing once the workforce opens back up, especially in the performing arts? Again, I think about even myself as a singer and a conductor when I'm standing in front of someone, you know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, even though the person might not say even though the person might not say, hey, oh, you just splattered me with saliva, I know that I have seen it and I have experienced it where you're on the other side on the other side of someone's baton and they're they're conducting or whatever or they're talking to you and their droplets might fly. You don't want to embarrass them or be embarrassed if that's happened. But so I think about that even as it relates to this whole COVID-19 situation. And so I think it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had in in this regard. So again, I would love to hear your your input, and please forgive me if I'm delayed in responding. Um, again, I'm trying to do this whole thing with combining the blog talk radio and the Zoom and the Facebook Live, and I'm not sure how successful I am being with this, but I, I thank you all for being um, with me. Uh, and, and one thing um, Deirdre had mentioned also in her in her conversation, she was saying that she was participating um, in the rehearsals with Coral Arts Society of Washington via Zoom. Deirdre, maybe how how is that to happen? Because I know even in my teaching, I've had some pros and cons with this. What has been your experience using the Zoom technology for um, you know rehearsal purposes? I think the only difference. Um, for, can you can you hear me? Uh huh. Can you hear me? Yes. You can hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I think the only difference 
using the Zoom with the Coal Arts rehearsals has been the, the uh, contactlessness. So the lack of physical, you know, being in the physical with everyone. Uh, but the rehearsal itself, it goes exactly like if we were in person, where, you know, Scott is, as you know, personable and an awesome conductor, where he gives a little bit of history about the piece and and talks technically about the piece. And then he he actually plays the piano there. Then we have our associate conductor and pianist, Brandon Straub. Uh, they then zoom into him and he goes over um, a certain section. But it's kind of like, us reading the music through Zoom, so it feels a little different because we can't hear all the voices. Um, it's not like we're singing each part together, but we're actually, you know, and they, they have a recording of the piece. I think it's Beethoven, uh, Miso Solemnis, that we're working on for the fall for collaboration. But so I would say the only difference would be that there's no the physical uh, of being in the physical with each other and being able to hear a collective sound. That's a little different on Zoom because you don't quite get that. But it's good to see everybody's faces. You see everybody with their scores, and they're you know learning the score as, as we go along. Um, so it, it's a, it's a total adjustment, I would say, uh, doing it via Zoom. Thank you. Ah, oh, family. Good morning, brother, Doctor William L. Lake. Um, thank you so much for joining. So I was just asking Deidre her uh experience with the whole virtual rehearsal process on zoom uh could you tell everybody a little bit about you and how you're using this in um, the realm of academia and how is zoom uh working for you or not uh-oh not delay you're not hearing yeah. you there you go it's weird because there's a time delay between Facebook and Zoom, so I had to <laughs> shut that off. No, but uh, I think you have a great conversation going, Patrick. Um, in the world of academia, we are uh, surviving as much as we can being thrown into this environment and this situation. Um, I think the part of the anxiety for us is planning for the fall, which I'm sure you are doing the same. I personally don't think we're going to be back in the fall at all. I think we'll be probably either. spring at the earliest and probably mid-spring, March, April, if that. Um, but as far as what does it mean, I mean, we can't do social distancing in an ensemble of an orchestra or a uh, instrumental ensemble six feet around. You think is about 100 square feet of space that's clear between you and the person next to you. It's just not going to work. So, um I think we will have to wait until there's a vaccine and more concise measures to get through this. And I think we just have to rewrite what the paradigm is for secondary education in the large ensemble. This includes choir. Um, that's, a, that's a lot of spit and hot breath. And I just don't think we can do it. I think it's a time for us to really focus on um, the individual within the ensemble. And um, it's the best we're going to be able to do for a while. Thank you. I want to um, uh, mention another comment, uh, Dr. Lester Green, uh, a dear friend of mine, a musician here at D.C. as well. He just brought up something that I had uh, broached, a conversation that I broached on Facebook before because I had got sent. I know a lot of times we get these chain letters and videos, and we don't like to respond to these things, but someone sent me a video about 5G technology and the implications that that might have with the body uh, not being able to respond to COVID-19. So I do want to read this this question. And thank you, Lester, because I didn't want to be just feel I was by myself with that. So Lester um, 
broached the, the topic. He says, I wish that mainstream media would also talk about symptoms of radiation poisoning and its consistencies with the symptoms of COVID-19. Many have valid concerns about these 5G devices with high radiation output. Also, are the COVID-19 tests even accurate? My goodness, that's a, that is a lot, and that's definitely a lot um, to, to consider. Lester, you should jump on this Zoom so we can we could all be in dialogue. Uh, Deirdre, have you had you heard that um, that line of conversation before? What are your thoughts on it? Deirdre, you still there? Hello. Yeah, I was yes, asking you. Here. I was asking you. What did you think about that whole line of conversation that uh, Lester brought up about the five G technology and its implications with uh, COVID nineteen? I read it briefly, but it could be dangerous depending on the radiation. I don't know. I mean, I'm not too intellectually um, up on that, but I did read an article briefly about that. And I suspect it will be dangerous if most of us are on these devices. Exactly. Again, that's, another, uh, that's another key thing to bring up in all of these conversations as well. I see another dear friend, Dr. Jason Thompson. I hope that you are on here. Uh, Jason Thompson uh, was at Arizona State University on the faculty there. And last year this time, I was in Arizona and got to hear his choir so it was pretty amazing. So, Jason, if you got any time, please jump on the Zoom. The address, not yeah, not the address, the link. <laughs> what am I thinking about? The link is in the comments. I would love to to have you um, a part of this conversation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I, I understand, Lester, but I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad you uh, brought that conversation up. Hey, it's Angela Brown. Good morning, good morning. I would love to have some of you all. I thought that the... Um, that the blog talk radio would 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 come on and you all could call I'm through there, but it's it's not working. Yeah. Um, I, I uh oh, I'm hearing a phone call. Uh oh, I did something wrong because I'm hearing somebody's conversation. Wait a minute. Uh, let's see. Uh oh. Just what? Just one second, you are. I'm hearing. Uh, I'm hearing uh, oh. And I'm so glad to see her face or her virtual face. Uh oh, I'm hearing someone's that. conversation. What is that? Uh oh. Wait a okay, minute. Somebody, okay, you can only be on the um Skype if you have your phone. Uh oh, I'm hearing. Look, I have a. I have a. I have a problem going on here. I'm, I'm hearing someone's um, conversation. Let me see if I have to close something out. Let me see. I'm not sure what's going on. I'm not sure what's going on. It's a lot going on. You all bear with me. I'm hearing a call. Uh-oh. I'm hearing somebody else's conversation. Let me go. And you all let me know. All right, did that stop? Okay, there we go. Can you all can you all still hear me? I'm sorry, I was hearing another conversation come through the Zoom. Can you all hear me now? Give me some hearts to let me know, please. 
Okay. Thank you, Janet. I just I was like, what is going on? Because, I mean, you know what? These microphones, they pick up everything. So if you don't have, uh, you know, your, your device muted, baby, it will give you a full thing. So I want to get back into this conversation. Thank you all for, for being with me. I may have to revisit the whole idea about doing my blog talk radio with this, but you all can definitely uh, hear me and see me clearly with this. But I would love to um, to have you all on. Um, again, let me see if I share the link because I would love if you all want to come on and discuss. And it doesn't have to necessarily be about this. You know, if it's something that has been uh, on your mind during um, this whole COVID-19, uh, within reason, you know, I have a very uh, varied audience. And I want to be respectful, but at the same time, we are all adults. So if some things that we need to talk about, I think it will be wonderful. And I would love for you all to come on. Um, I, I wanted to see if Dr. Jason Thompson was still on, because I would love to have him. And I saw Karen Slack. Good morning, Karen. You all, I want to give a shout out to Karen Slack. As you all know, Karen is a, or you may not know, Karen is a wonderful opera soprano, sung at all the great halls, including the Metropolitan Opera, just finished a run at uh, Port, um, the Metropolitan Opera in Porgy and Beth. So congratulations to, to, uh, to Karen. And uh, uh, Karen just launched her Kiki uh, Conversations with Cocktails. Uh, her, la- her first show was with Janae Bridges. It was absolutely wonderful. So I hope that you all will follow Karen Slack, not only her singing career, but also this new venture uh, with her Kiki Conversation. It was um, wonderful. So the topic that I'm asking is, do you think, there should be mandatory COVID-19 testing um, once the workforce opens up, especially as it pertains uh, to the performing arts. So I'm going to try to send this uh, this link again, and I hope that uh, you all will be able to, uh, let's see, get on. Good morning, Ms. Josepha. Good morning, Michelle. Let's see. I'm going to try to put this link there. Y'all forgive me. It's a lot. They don't understand what these people go through when they have to go and produce their own shows. Because <laughs> that's what I'm doing. So you all, I, I was trying to see, can I pin the comment? How do you all pin the comment? It won't give me that option. But anyway, I just put it in there. Did you all see? Hey, Jay Spencer. Hey, Brother Conrad. Hey, Anthony Ballard. Anthony, I would love for you to sign on to this Zoom. Sheikah, I would love for you to sign on to this Zoom. Again, I want to remind everybody, this is on my professional platform, so I want us to be as authentic, but just make sure that we are all um, within reason in our comments. And again, I want to ask the question, the topic of discussion, if you're going to join on Zoom, I hope that you... um, we definitely respect the topic. The topic is, do you think there should be mandatory COVID-19 testing once we open up uh, the workforce? So, so regardless of whatever your profession is, but, but definitely the performing arts. As Dr. Lake brought up, you know, we are uh, in front of people, you know, especially as conductors and singers, you know, just by the nature of uh, the delivery of that, you're going to have uh, saliva being, you know, spewed and so forth and so on. And we have to just think about that when we're in the context, especially in those uh, arenas. 
So again, I'll put the link up, and if you want to join, you may do so. So what do you all think about that? Good morning, Shika. Good morning. And Deirdre just brought up something else. Will people be comfortable even returning into the performance uh, concert setting? Let me tell you something about me. I don't care what's being said about if the economy opens up May, June, July, August, whatever. Listen, I believe that Patrick D. McCoy will be taking a uh, hiatus from large-scale events. I will still cover events in my way. I will probably still um, cover the events in advance. But I'm not sure if I'm going to be ready to go back into a, a, a packed concert hall or a concert venue where you have to sit right beside somebody and, uh, you know, with them in close proximity. I don't think that's going to be um, be what I want to do. Yes, indeed, um, Brother Lake, because, you know, I, I know I'm guilty. When you're you're in front of somebody, you're trying to drive your, your, your point conducting, and then you're also talking or you're singing the part. You know, sometimes, you know, saliva flies. And the person on the other end don't want to embarrass you, so they're not going to say anything to you about it. But you know you've done it in, in many instances. Yes, I saw the. I didn't realize that um, she wrote the actual article. Wow, you just saw. I saw that um, Amber J had posted that article in in Vanity Fair, and I saw a couple of people that I, that I knew quoted. Why? Well, to go back and look at it, because I don't know why. Uh, I thought she had just reposted. Um, the article. I'm going to have to check that out, Janet. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. But I definitely saw that um, that particular um, that article. Um, and Jenny Bitfield, shout out to Jenny Bitfield for watching performing art. She's actually quoted uh, in the article as well. So let's let's see. Hey, Robin. So I want to shout out Robin uh, Faye Massey. Robin is a uh, violist, and she also is in the medical profession. She is a nurse. So I want to share with Robin what Robin just said, which is a, a, a wonderful perspective to have here. Robin says, you all bear with me. Robinson, I don't see necessity in mandatory testing due to the extra cost unless someone is symptomatic. However, if insurance begins to cover across the board, I have no problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to administer the testing as I do it on the regular. <laughs> Robin, I see that too, but I'm just I'm thinking I'll I'll talk um I guess uh, as it pertains to me, you know, I feel well. I haven't. I don't think I've put myself in situations. Um, I don't think I put myself in situations to, to be at risk. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I have. If you think about it, I mean, I've gone to certain places. I've been to the grocery store, but I've been extra careful. I, you've been using my sanitizer. I've had my mask on, and and so forth and so on. Um, but I feel like if I am not COVID-19 positive, okay, and I go back to the settings that I am in, and then the people haven't been tested, or they don't know, or they're asymptomatic, oh my goodness, 
I mean, what is the use for me of me not being negative if now I'm putting myself in harm's way because I don't know whether the people with, with whom I am working are clear. Does that make sense, everybody? And Deirdre also asked, will the ticket prices increase to have select seating six feet apart? That is definitely good. Good morning, Timothy Hall. Michelle says that she was wondering about that because she heard that they are taking your temperature, but not everyone with COVID-19 presents that way. I saw that. And I also saw um, this, this video that uh, a, a, a young lady who is a nurse here in Washington offered up the whole idea that um, COVID-19 symptoms present themselves differently in African-American uh, men and women. So that is something uh, to consider also. Wow. Thank you, Janet. I did not know she wrote the article. Thank you so much, because I saw when she shared it, I just saw Vanity Fair. But wow, thank you for letting me know this. I need to give, give Anne her props, because I thought that she was just sharing the article, and Anne is the one who wrote the article in Vanity Fair. Thank you so much, Janet, for letting me know, because now I got to really give her her props. And Lester saying no to mandatory testing. Hey, Paul Bender. So I would love for you all to get on. If you're interested in talking about the topic, and I have a few more uh, things I want to talk about before I get off of here. Oh, okay, so you know the video that I'm talking about, Robin. Okay, so you think that's a generalization. And William Lake brought up a, a very valid point, too, because this is, this is something we have seen before. Dr. William Lake says, he says, I say this. There's a lot of this that resembles the HIV virus in regards to testing knowledge transmission. This is a deeper conversation that we need to address regarding health in general. Yes, it is. Because, I mean, you're definitely putting yourself at risk at all types of ways. You all, I'm going to bring on another dear friend and colleague, Dr. Tiffany Jackson, who is a singer and also an advocate of um, health in terms of fitness during this time. So I am going to bring uh, Tiffany on to the meeting as well. And while we're waiting for her to come on, you all be thinking about uh, your topics that you would like to talk about. Oh, good morning, Dr. Tiffany Jackson. I'll wait for her audio to start up. And she's going to give us. Uh oh, so I think I need to. There you go. So, Tiffany, you're going to have to mute. Uh oh. To the meeting as well. So, we're going to have to. Let's see. So Tiffany, where you're or you're gonna have to maybe open your open the Zoom window in another window so we don't hear the Facebook live. So let's try. I'm gonna unmute and see what happens. Thank you all for being patient. Tiffany, you there? I'm gone. There you go. There you go. You're fine. So yeah. Okay. So everybody, welcome, Dr. Tiffany Jackson, Yale graduate. 
fabulous soprano. Welcome. Tiffany, we're talking about this whole instance about COVID-19. Should there be, especially you're a soprano, you're singing all these concerts and things. What is your viewpoint about mandatory uh, COVID-19 testing before other musicians and artists get on the concert stage in context with you? What are your thoughts about that? I do believe that there should be mandatory testing um, because, well, and as I think about it, singers, uh, for the most part, tend to be a bit more careful in general. When we're in these venues, we're all wrapped up in our scarves, <laughs> you know, we have our disinfectant, we have all kinds of different things to protect us because as singers, we're often expected to greet the benefactors, we're expected to meet with people after the opera, we're expected to go to um some type of reception after the opera. So for singers, the performance is one aspect of it and, and rehearsals. But after that, we have to do all the entertaining, entertaining as well. It's expected. So for that reason, I think because of what is expected of us, I think it should be mandatory testing. You offer some, some points because like you say, it's not just about you being on the stage singing. You have to interact in very intimate um, confines with people at these big receptions, and you're talking to them, and you get excited, and a little drop of the saliva goes, Boop! and what does that mean for the other person if you don't know whether you're um, a carrier of it, or they might not know? Y'all could just be just dancing the, the dance of COVID-19 and don't even know it. So that is definitely a valid uh, conversation. Somebody just asked, could you sing your answer? <laughs> That was a good one, Deandra. Tell her my cash app is Necessary Diva. I know that's right. She said her cash app is Necessary Diva. Yes. Yes. And the whole idea of the antibodies, that's another discussion. So, uh, Tiffany, uh, since I have you on, this, I don't want to miss this opportunity. Could you talk to us about uh, how are you, because you have um, – made it your hallmark, your trademark to juxtapose, juxtapose the whole idea of fitness and being active, you know, during this time as being a musician. Could you maybe talk about how are you being active and what is the, the benefit of definitely being active during this whole uh, quarantine mode? Well, I have to say um, that right now um, I have a certification in um, in personal training. I have a certification in sports nutrition, but I also am now studying for a certification in special populations. So because um, most recently I have been asked to help, I think it's three of my friends who are all singers who will remain nameless, who I'm helping um, with their health and fitness goals. I, the importance of exercise in general, I, you know, I don't want to go way off topic, is that exercise is medicine. So it's a, it's a model that I think that we need to be very much aware of, but also our, um, our primary care physician, that we need at least 150 minutes of exercise a week. So that, that could turn out to be five days a week, at least 30 minutes per session. Anything less than 150 minutes, a physician or someone like me would flag a particular uh, patient or one of my clients. Why? Because it's called EIM. Exercise is medicine. Mm. <laughs> it helps to retard osteoporosis. 
Um, it helps to retard the aging process. It also helps to, re to retard um, um, hypertrophy, where as we get older, we lose more and more muscle mass. Mm. So exercise is not just for the purposes of looking good, but it really is a prescription for health. Um, how I have integrated into my life as a singer is I decided one day that I wanted to feel better and look better and feel more confident as a singer. I was never confident physically. I could open my mouth and make sound, but I was never a confident singer. So when I started to work out 10 years ago, mm. I, I found a level of confidence that I did not have prior to working out. So Mind Body Soul Building is, is the brand now. And I'm writing a book about this whole concept of train your mind to control your body that houses your soul. Thank you so much, Tiffany. So um, someone was asking, um, and I clarified. So Tiffany is a, a soprano, has a, a one-woman show, and hopefully you get to hear about that. But Tiffany uh, is, you know, as I mentioned, a soprano. Has, uh, you know what? I know this is this is off topic, Tiffany. But can you talk about the experience uh, of you um, sharing the experience that you shared with Oprah? Because I'm always fascinated with that. <laughs> so in 2003, um, I went to South Africa with Oprah and Harpo Productions. Uh, one of my former um, English teachers in high school wrote a letter on my behalf. Wow. So Oprah chose three people, and I was chosen. It was like hitting the lottery, really. It was under the auspices of her book club, and that year they chose Cry the Beloved Country, right? Which musical adaptation is Lost in the Stars by Kurt Weill. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the book they chose, and I guess they made the connection between the musical and they found out that I was a singer and invited me to go. So we went over to South Africa. This was before she built her, her, her all-girls school. This was way before any of that was happening. And we went to, oh, my goodness, Port Elizabeth, Cape Town, Johannesburg. Um, we went to Robbins Island where Nelson Mandela was in prison uh, for years, and Oprah gave us uh, journals. And on the front page of the journal, she wrote, Tiffany, you are going to love this beloved country beyond any singing of it. Mm. Which is an indirect sort of quote from the book. And at the time, I didn't know what she was talking about. I said, ain't nothing beyond singing for me right now. You know what I mean? 2003, <laughs> <laughs> singing was my life. It was my blood. It was my identity, so I thought. And now, thank God for progression, I now understand. And, and I'm talking about this in my one woman show, that singing was not at all my purpose, but that singing was my path that it had led me to a much greater purpose. So I have been diversifying for years now, and I'm, I'm seeing how many of my friends are now branching out and creating these new platforms on social media mm -hmm. um, because primarily their, um, their lives have been focused just on their singing careers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now I'm seeing people branching out, and I'm so excited about that. I learned that lesson 10 years ago, that I could not rest my entire identity and purpose on my vocal folds. And so that's where bodybuilding comes in. The Oprah show happened, which helped me to think about my life beyond singing. 
Um, and it helped me to think about my gift as something that just didn't belong to me, but how I could help to improve the greater, my greater community. So that's how the Oprah thing happened. Um, I'm so excited about it. One day I'll be able to tell her to her face, thank you. <laughs> I know, that's right. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for offering um, your thoughts on this whole thing. It's a, it's a much-needed discussion, and I hope that somebody else will, will join on with us. Or you, You're welcome to stay on, or, or you can drop off. You can, you can um, make that choice. But I'm so, so, so thankful. Um, there was another discussion that happened um, yeah, uh, a few days ago. Um, that um, this wonderful singer in Germany, and I can't say enough about the conversation that he offered, um, Marlon Williford, who is an opera singer living in Berlin, Germany. And he brought up the whole idea, basically how things definitely should shift in terms of um, additional expenses that one incurs for different auditions and things like that. You know, basically, you know, and just to give my opinion where, where I'm going at on that discussion, it's basically, you know, before you had to pay for the air flight, the train, the hotel, all these things to get to these particular auditions. But what this season has taught us that a lot of these things, whether it's music, whether it's different meetings, you can do a lot of this stuff you know, virtually. So, Tiffany, being the fact that you teach students and prepare students for different auditions and things like that, uh, what are your thoughts about the whole idea of now being able to cut costs with a virtual uh, audition as opposed to spending a lot of money traveling to these things only to get across the country? Somebody says, no, we don't want you. Right. I mean, I loved Marlon's live that day. I was so glad. I've known Marlon since the Aspen days when we were training with George Shirley in, in Aspen. So I, I love his perspective. He's lived in Ger in Germany for a very long time, so he has a different perspective than most singers who reside here in the States. So I respect his opinion. You know, I, I think I agree with Marlon because I'm telling you, as singers, we give so much of ourselves. You know what I mean? Half the time we can't afford to buy a ticket to go to these auditions. We have benefactors supporting us most of the time. We're selling our souls to be able to get one audition in. We might get one aria in at that time. Um, I tried one. I flew to Berlin to uh, to try a house audition. And that that experience cost me about $1,500, $1,600, half of which I had to borrow from my mama and my friends to get over there. <laughs> And then I get there, and they give me a sheet of paper, and I have to declare my Bach. Mm. And I'm like, Lord have mercy, what is this? I never had to declare my Bach. <laughs> I just walked into the room. And that's F-A-C-H, right? F-A-C-H. Okay. <laughs> like Bach. <laughs> and um, I never did it again because I didn't, I didn't feel in my soul convicted enough to put in that kind of sacrifice, you know what I mean, when I could figure out how to make things work in my own country, in my own surroundings and spaces that I've worked so hard to build community and networking. So I, I, only, I tried it once, but I'm not saying it wasn't worth it. The experience was worth it. I think singers, I think especially African-American singers, I have to say, we sacrifice a lot for our vocal folks. Some of us, we will sacrifice, you know, having children at certain points in our lives. Hello. We sacrifice relationships. 
we sacrifice everything for an aria. And I'm not saying that the sacrifice isn't worth it. I'm just saying we really need to think about, is it worth the sacrifice that I'm putting in? And, you know, especially if I'm not living my own personal dream and not the dream that others may have for us. Because that's what happened to me, Patrick. You know what I mean? At 18 years old, I had this voice and not knowing how it came about. It was just there. So I didn't choose a lot of my opportunities. It's destiny chose them for me. I was pleasing teachers. I was like, oh, you have a great voice. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. So I listened to them. But it wasn't a personal choice I was making for myself. So I find that a lot of singers, we need to make sure that we're making choices that are true to who we are so we aren't spending unnecessarily and we aren't unnecessarily sacrificing ourselves. Woo! That, that's, that's real. Because as I shared the other day on my live when I was responding uh, to Marlon's uh, live, you know, I, I remember when I was in that season, you spent all this money, you're traveling, and you're spending the rent money and, and the light bill money and everything else, only for somebody to say, oh, no, we don't want you. You're not good enough. Your voice is this, your voice is that. And as Marlon lifted up and I say, um, now, I mean, you know what? This, this, this particular season that we are in right now is teaching us that, you know, we can hear a snippet of whatever we need to hear virtually. Okay, why do I need to spend $2,500 or whatever that the case may be to, to, you know, to go always where you just say, oh, no, we don't want you. We don't like, obviously, someone has put, put me or whoever on, on your radar. So right. you, you had, something has sparked some kind of interest. But I want to take a moment and, and recognize some of these people on here, because I see some, some folks on here. I don't want to miss anybody. I put the Zoom link, so if you all want to get in on the conversation, you're welcome to join us. Let's see. Hey, Joyce Gary, good morning. Kevin Maynard. Y'all, let me tell y'all about Mr. Kevin Maynard. Phenomenal, phenomenal bass. I would tell you a few years ago, I had always heard of Mr. Maynard, but I remember when the Choral Arts Society of Washington did the Verdi Requiem. Lord, him and soprano Janita Lattimore were among the soloists, and they sang Heaven Down. Do you hear me? But the thing that really stuck out in my mind about you, Mr. Maynard, because I was speaking directly to you now, was the fact that he sang that whole Verdi Requiem off book, and it reminded me of the videos where you see the great Leontine Price. Um, singing uh, the Requiem off book, but I've got this witness that not on a video, I got to sit in the kitties in the concert hall and just look and say, look at this brother right here. Not to diminish what was done by anybody else because the soloist, especially that Johnny Lattimore, my God in heaven. But the fact that he stood up there was singing without the book, that has always stuck out uh, in, in uh, my mind. Christine, they call it for you if you want to join in on the discussion because you're doing some innovative things. Thank you, Deirdre, because you're doing some innovative things uh, with um, the concerts at home, recitals at home. Um, I don't know if you all have followed. I've been posting, but Christine Johnson, Dr. Christine Johnson, uh, who has done a lot of 
uh, work in the area of uh, African American women composers, particularly Florence Price has a CD. She started launching these virtual concerts. So, um, you know, that would be something that I hope that you all were uh, would pursue and, and visit those too. Hey, Anita Johnson. Anita, we've been talking about the fact uh, about the whole COVID-19, of course, and the question that I offered this morning, I was asking, do you think that there should be mandatory COVID-19 testing for when artists and other professionals return back to their respective uh, places of employment. So that's the topic of discussion. One of the time, I don't want to hold you all day, but I just want to bring that up. I would love uh, for you, Anita, to, to jump on the Zoom and, and get in. The link is there. Hi, Janelle. Hey, Jennifer Randall. Hey, Emma Suari, Archery. Mandela. Brother Madison, what's your question? I would love to see it. And I know it's some beneficial. Hey, Jackie Lucas. And Deirdre says, many artists are discovering all of their gifts and not resting on one. Y'all, y'all know I've talked about that for a long time now. That is the truth. I have this whole this whole viewpoint of operating in the full capacity of your gift. If it's not a time to do that, it is now. Oh my God, I'm about to throw this computer. Who else? Lemmy, good morning, good morning, good morning. So I would love if you all would want to come on, come jump on the Zoom. The link is there. Uh, please consider coming on. So my dear frat brother Madison asked, if you were to host a concert, who would you bring on stage? Now, <laughs> all of my dear friends, you all can guess by my wall that I have a lot going on here. But you all know I love Miss Ballow. I wish I had the money to present her myself. You all, I'm going to bring Dr. Christine Johnson on because I would love her to join this conversation as well. So, Christine, I'm bringing you on right now, and let's see. Ah! Good morning, good morning. Let me see, can I unmute you? Let's see. Good morning, Christine. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm fine. I have to teach a lesson in a few minutes. Okay. I thought I would jump on. Uh, and say good morning to you. Yeah, and speak to your follower. You have a follower over here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for always shouting out the program. Um, so yeah, I, I, I guess I, you know, I was listening to Dr. Jackson. I'm, I'm thankful for that conversation you just had with her thank about you. us as singers and the sacrifices that we make to to build these careers. And I mean, thankfully for me, if I could just share a little bit about mm -hmm. that. Of it. Um, after I finished my master's in vocal performance, I was completely burned out, completely sick of opera. I didn't want to hear anything classical. So I took a moment for myself. I took about, I don't know, five, seven years where I was just like anti-classical music, anti-opera, not anti in the sense of I wouldn't go to a show or production, but I wasn't really taking lessons. I kind of removed myself from that hustle and bustle and that neurotic sense of 
trying to be perfect. I just kind of sang how I felt it. And I recorded some things. And now that I'm back in, in this classical music realm, I feel like it's my choice and not just the next logical step in the progress of, of my career. So I'm back in it, but I'm, I'm back in it a little bit older and a little bit wiser, you know, a more, a more balanced perspective. When, when I graduated, you know, I kind of thought that, you know, with this talent that everybody was, was uh, saying that I had, that I was going to shoot straight to the top and that I was going to have uh, thousands and thousands of dollars in my bank account. Let me tell you, that was not the case. Um. The business is very competitive. It is very cutthroat. And sometimes it's about who you know also. So that being said, now that I'm back in classical music, I have learned that it is good to be diverse in the way that you earn your income. So over the years, even when I took that hiatus from singing classically and rehearsing and practicing um, in the way that a professional singer does, I kept teaching. I was always in somebody's classroom, whether K through 12 or in a uh, college setting. So I kept my teaching chops up and uh, I've been producing music. I have two albums out. And then recently I started the Recitals at Home concert series where we're giving uh, opportunities for singers to present themselves online and post cash app information and collect donations because coronavirus has, has shown us that, hey, our careers are, are so fragile in the sense that one disease later, everything is shut down. Mm -hmm. So that, that, that's my take on it is have maybe three or four ways to earn income because, and I realized that before, because I, I saw the scary thing of people getting nodules, people getting, uh, you know, issues with vocal health. So that was the fragility then, but now we have this virus that shows us, hey, there, there's more than one way for a career to end, you know? So diversify, diversify, diversify. And I, too, am starting a podcast in the next couple of weeks. Good. good. And I'm going to talk about that. And I know you guys are going to take your lesson. But when you mentioned the podcast, I, I want you to do it. And I hope I can support you. Because I remember, and I've shared this story to many people following me before. I remember when I was involved, and I'll just talk very vaguely, but you'll get the point. I was involved with starting a particular organization. And I remember this person had a podcast. And they said, well, reach out to me. I'll, I'll help you promote it, da, da, da. We'll feature you. We'll interview you, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. When it got down to it, to make a long story short, they never followed through. And when I found that the Blog Talk Radio platform, the basic platform, was free in itself, and it said, host your own podcast, I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And so now we're 10 years later on this podcast across the art. So, you know, if one person can do it, guess what? You can do it too. That's, that's the point. But Christine, thank you so much. I don't want you to be late for your lesson. But again, everybody who's on here, I hope that you all will consider um, following uh, Christine's virtual concert series. And as she mentioned, it's an opportunity where she's hosting these artists, but also she's helping them uh, to establish some kind of financial normalcy during this time, too. Thank you, Christine. Just say thank you to you, hopefully oh. in front of everyone. I just want to thank you for your support, your advice, and just always being available to me, even if it's sharing my, my posters. I mean, you are such an example of how we should collaborate and, and build up and, and encourage each other. So 
thank you in front of all these people. Thank oh, you. <laughs> listen, I thank you. And listen, have a great lesson, and I hope to catch up with you soon. Okay, take care. Okay. That was great, my goodness. Oh, so let's get back to uh, my dear brother, Madison. Madison asked, who would I present in concert? Hey, Rebecca, I think that everybody probably already know that if I had the, the real funds and the platform, huge platform and all of the working parts, you know I would, I would host the great my favorite soprano, Kathleen Ballow. And a lot of people always tease you when they see this wall, and they say, well, why is Miss um, Price's picture smaller? You all know there's, there's no one to compare to Miss Price. She's in a league of her own. But I guess when it comes down to my favorite artist, it's definitely Kathleen Ballow. For some reason, I resonate with her uh, so much because I think that people give her um, – the short end of, of the stick in terms of the respect that she's due. And a lot of times people, when you are someone who is um, striving for excellence, they will say that, oh, you're a perfectionist or you're difficult. And even though it hasn't been on that level of scrutiny that she has endured, um, I have definitely experienced that myself to the point where people approach me for things. And, and when I don't necessarily jump and become a, a part of that, they turn uh, in a direction that I'm being difficult and all these things. So I guess I, I hearken to her life's journey experience, and um, she is definitely somebody that I would love to have in a forum where I could thank her publicly to her face, interview her, whatever the case may be. So if anybody has those connections with this battle, please, you know, I'm blessed to say that she knows who I am and things like that. But anyway, that's I'm getting all off topic. Um Oh, Rebecca said that's the reason why she said, thank you, Deirdre. I'm proud of you, too. Hey, Lisa Ramsey, my high school classmate. Lisa was always sweet to me in school. Hey, Brother Ferguson. Seen a lot of my people. Hey, Alicia McLeod, another dear VSU classmate. Hey, Sharon Harris. Hey, Professor Gates, another excellent musician, my colleague. Let me pull you. I would love to get your viewpoint. You should log on. I know I said I wasn't going to be on here long, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to wrap this up. Um, we're, we're probably um, running out of time. Let me see where we are. But I would love to have you all. Thank you about the shirt. Thank you, thank you. Who said that? Let me see. Hey, Zamarjaria, thank you. Jason, I would love to hear your standpoint from the standpoint of a musician. How have you been affected uh, during COVID-19? I know I may have lost some of you all, but I would love to have um, you on. Anybody? And I want to wrap up because, hey, Demetria, there's a couple more questions I want to pose to you all. I would love to get your, your thoughts on. Uh, let's see. All right. So it was another question I wanted to ask. Oh, do you all think that the decision to, to reopen the economy has been made too soon? And I want to talk particularly on the conversation that I talked about um, before, 
when it comes to things that are really not uh, necessary. As you all know, in Georgia in particular, they opened up the whole uh, beauty uh, arena, uh, barbershops, salons, uh, nail salons, things of that nature. And, and if I'm not mistaken, the rest of the economy. So what are your thoughts on that? As I share with you all, um, I do, and, I, and I'm not trying to stir up any confusion, I do think there's a certain demographic which would be at a disadvantage by that decision. Because I'm just going to talk about me as an African-American male and the needs that I have in terms of my hair and the grain of my hair and most other people who look like me. For me, I get my hair cut. When I get to the barbershop, I get my hair cut every week. And before this, I'm in the midst of, a, of um, an environment where that's full of people. And, you know, you just don't know. So I just think that that's something that I'm, I had generally been dependent on. And I had to make the decision, you know, am I going to have a nice sharp cut or am I going to be in the casket, in the mortician, benefiting from me having a fresh cut um, and looking good? So for me, I do think it's too soon. Um, you know, I just, I just think that, you know, going get your hair done or your hair cut or, you know, getting uh, your nails done or uh, a manicure, pedicure, whatever the case may be, is not worth, you know, your life. So, um, you know, even during this time, even though, I, as I shared with you, even during this time where I have not been getting my hair cut, I have still been sending a love gift, you know, to my barber because I know that that is uh, a financial burden um, when you're in that particular industry. Hey, Lord Harrod. That's right. See? Fort Levine, good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, Brandon Gillespie, good morning. I would love to hear Brandy Sutton in another full concert as well. I have, you know what, I think about uh, 10 years ago, probably 10 years ago, when I first was on this journey, Brandy Sutton was one of the first artist that I interviewed on my Kennedy Center Examiner column. In fact, Brandy did her debut recital at the Kennedy Center under the auspices um, of vocal arts. Uh, they have these, these uh, programs where they present young artists. And I uh, was so blessed and honored to interview her uh, for that. And then she also did the recital. If I'm not mistaken, though, this particular recital, it was under the offices of vocal arts and it was at the uh, Millennium stage. And so I definitely in a, am in agreement with Deirdre that I would love to see her um, at the next step of that, maybe in the Terrace Theater in a full recital or in the uh, concert hall in a full recital. So we maybe we need to push that because Bradley Sutton is definitely an uh, artist um, worth hearing on, on the major stages. Uh, and uh, yes, that, that would be amazing. Yes, Deirdre, we gotta, we gotta um, put some um, bugs in some ears. Rebecca, you need to get on this Zoom with me before we wrap it up. Because Rebecca um, 
you all is a wonderful singer in her own right, but she's also a makeup artist. And she's sharing um, some knowledge here. She says, as you know, I am a makeup artist with service companies in Philly, Virginia, and now Chicago. Although it is devastating to myself and my team's financial, it is too soon to open. The risk, the health risk to us and our clients is too great. Yeah, that's a lot to consider. And, you know, um, I think about that. Um, thank you, Rebecca, because I, when I, even when I'm looking at the news, have you all noticed the news lately, how these news uh, anchors, especially the women, have to broadcast from their homes? And so they have to really get it together on their own, whether it's their clothes, whether it's their makeup, their hair. I mean, it is more than a notion. It takes a lot of work to beautify. It truly does. Hey, Brother Ellis, good morning. So I'm thankful that you all joined me. Again, I apologize for the troubleshooting, and I think that I may just have to go ahead and do this uh, this whole broadcast situation via Zoom. I think this is working, but I was trying to figure out how I could do this on my uh, Blog Talk Radio. Hopefully, the conversation was translated onto Blog Talk, Blog Talk Radio. I think that what happened is you probably can't hear the other person um, on the other end. Hello, Brother Salters. Happy belated birthday. You all, Stephen Salters has just joined Phenomenal Baritone. I know him through my past relationships um, with the Washington Chorus. Stephen has uh, performed with the Washington Chorus numerous times under the baton of former director Julie Wachter. Oh, I want to talk about that. You all, shout out to the Washington Chorus and Stephen Beaudoin. Stephen Baudouin, who is the executive director, has been hosting this wonderful um, TWC TV on uh, YouTube and, and so forth. But this one that's coming up on Wednesday is a special one because they will inter they will interview all of the well the, the most recent directors of the Washington Course. They will interview uh, Julian Wachter. They will interview Christopher Bell. They will interview uh, the legendary conductor, Robert Schaefer, and then they will interview the incoming conductor, uh, Eugene Rogers, all on the next episode. So I believe that's at 5 o'clock, and I'll try to repost that, but that's going to be an amazing, amazing um, uh, broadcast. I hope I didn't miss anybody going down that rundown, but that's going to be an amazing show. But I'll post it to make sure we have everybody. But I want to go back to Stephen Saunders, but Stephen Saunders is a phenomenal uh, baritone, and I probably would say the most one of the most memorable memorable performances was when uh, Stephen sang the title role of Elijah with the Washington Chorus with orchestra under the direction of, of Julian Wachter. And then I got a chance to interview. That was sort of like my Kenny to the debut because I got to interview Stephen Salter's soprano Janice Chandler Atime and maestro Julie Walker on the concert hall stage of the Kennedy Center. So much love for you, Stephen Salter. And um, yes, thank you. So Michelle Overton just posted the link for the Washington Chorus uh, upcoming um, uh, show on YouTube. So check check that out. Um, let's see. Yes. Um, oh, I definitely will, Rebecca. I'll, I'll maybe bring you on next time. So you all, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up because I think that we are um, definitely probably out of time. 
because I wanted to get on and say rise and shine. We'll revisit this, but let me let me say a couple of things before you all leave me. I hope that you all will tune into Facebook today at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time as Lincoln Center will be cross-posting a memorable historic concert by the late Jesse Norman. It's a concert broadcast from 1997. They're going to cross-post that on their Facebook page, and they're going to cross-post it on my journalism page. And I hope that you all, I know there are many places you can see it, but I hope that you all will check out my Patrick D. McCoy journalism page and, and watch it from there because this is a big opportunity for me to really get uh, my brand out there and the fact that Lincoln Center uh, will be broadcasted from my page. Um, definitely honored. Again, there are numerous other places you can do it. They're also um, cross-posting this with the magnificent um, musician Damien Sneed, who, of course, is one of uh, the late Jesse Norman's longtime collaborators and accompanists. And so they will be cross-posted from Damien Sneed's page. They'll be cross-posted from my page. And, of course, they'll be broadcasting it from the Lincoln Center page. So I hope that you all will. So however you do it, the main thing is I, um, I'm just so happy that Ms. Norman is getting her due in this regard. So this is a wonderful program by the late Jesse Norman being broadcast by Lincoln Center on Facebook today at 530 Eastern Standard Time. Um, I'm so glad I have an opportunity. To, to catch up with a, a buddy of mine, and we're going to have a virtual meetup and, and watch it. So I may try to do this uh, in that regards, too. But again, you all be safe. Rise and shine. Again, this is the morning edition of Across the Arts on Blog Talk Radio. I hope that you all get a chance to check out this podcast, Across the Arts, or Blog Talk Radio. And I hope that even in the midst of these technical difficulties that uh, this was still broadcast on uh, Blog Talk Radio as well. Again, this is Patrick B. McCoy. Rise and shine, it's coffee time. This is the morning edition of Across the Arts on Blog Talk Radio. I hope that you will go to Blog Talk Radio and explore my various podcasts. Uh, the reason that I did this podcast today was to troubleshoot, but next week I am going to welcome back the Opera Diva series. I am blessed to have the opportunity to uh, interview a well-known, accomplished operatic soprano on the broadcast next week, and hopefully we can work this all out where we'll be doing it on morning coffee and in conjunction with Across the Arts. So please keep posted. Again, thank you for those people who jumped in, and Deirdre Robinson, uh, Tiffany Jackson, uh, and Christine Johnson, thank you all for jumping in on uh, this maiden uh, voyage of me trying to put this all together. Again, I am Patrick D. McCoy. This has been Across the Arts on Block Talk Radio in conjunction with Rise and Shine. It's coffee time. I hope that you all will visit also my website, www.patrickdmccoy.com. I hope that you will continue uh, to support me. I would not be here without your support. Again, I thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to having this audience with you again soon.